0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 112. And today, we're diving into seasonality and how changing your diet in life with the seasons could change your health, weight, and energy levels for good. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're breaking down a subject that is just starting to make headway. Although, realistically, it's been around forever because this used to be the way that we had to live for centuries. But even more, in Ayurvedic Health, they use this approach of seasonality to change the way your body functions for good. Like we're talking immune levels, circadian rhythm, information, and how these simple practices you could use to really transform your health without ever dieting again. Now, I know that sounds like woo woo, another diet, but bear with me. This podcast is worth listening to and one that I'm really passionate about because I think this makes health easy. And not only that, but it helps make it unique to you. And that's exactly what health is. It's not a boxed approach. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. It really has to work for you. And I think this is exactly what can make that happen. So today we're gonna talk about seasonality, what that means for your body and not just buying what's in season, but how changing your routines and your rhythms of life based on the seasons could change your mood, your energy levels, your weight, and so much more. So stay tuned to listen to that. But before we get into today's show, I wanted to thank our sponsor for the show, Teamy. Teamy is an all natural tea company on a mission to not just tell people about change, but to help make change happen. I love this company and what they can do. You may also know how much I love tea, which means adding Teamy to my daily life was just easy. Plus, they are really fantastic teas. One of my favorite products is their cleanse package, which fits perfectly into what I'm doing right now, which is the simple cleanse. And so many of you, so Teamy teas, the cleanse package is so fantastic. But even if you're not cleansing, quote unquote, cleansing right now, this tea can actually help you do that in your normal day-to-day life. Their cleanse package comes with two tea blends: Teamy Skinny and Teamy Colon. Teamy Skinny is a tea that can replace your coffee, providing extra caffeine providing extra energy, suppressing your craving, and getting rid of the bloat. Then, at night, you take Teami Colon to help provide necessary support to your body's detox pathways and relax. The two tea blends are made up of many different varieties of teas, making this complete system so easy. Again, you need to check them out. It's one of my favorite tea companies today, and they're giving you a special discount. So get this, they're giving you a discount. Yes, on your first order, you can use the discount code SIMPLEROOTS, all caps, at checkout to get 15% off your order of $49 or more. Again, that's Simple Roots at checkout to get 15% off your order. And even if cleansing's not your thing, I can assure you that have plenty of other tea blends that you're going to want to check out, including those for energy, relaxation, and even some for nursing mama. So make sure you head on over to teamiblends.com. That's T E A M I blends.com to check out those teas, grab some of your own, and don't forget to use Simple Ritz at checkout to get 15% off your order. Okay, and one more announcement before we begin. The Nourish Planner is officially here. Yes, the launch date was on Monday. I love this product. In fact, I really feel like I pour my soul and my mind and my life into the Nourish Planner. To me, the Nourish Planner is a tool that you can use in your day-to-day life to really help you to put into practice what we talk about so often in here, and really just help you schedule in health to make health a priority, all while choosing to schedule your life the way that works for you. I know that we live in this world that tells us busyness is the answer, and to hustle more, and to pack our schedules, and we get shamed into all these extra things at the end of the day, putting our health on the back burner. But this is what I believe, is that if you take your health seriously, if you put health and your faith Faith really should be first and all these things up there, right? Like if you really choose to fill your vessel, how much more of you is there to go around? So I like to believe the opposite, that if we fill ourselves up first, there is so much more to give. And the only way that we can do this is really keeping track of our time. The one commodity in all the world that we can't get more of is our time. And so while planning and time scheduling is essential. It's a vital factor of really living your best life. And that's what the Nourish Planner helps you do with weekly meal plans, exercise trackers, as well as plenty of white space, appointment schedulers, and so much more. You can really schedule your day-to-day activities right inside that. So head on over to nourishplanner.com for a very limited time. Like a few days after this podcast, you could get the best deal that we'll have all year. That's 25% off plus free shipping, 25% off your full order. So make sure you order plenty, get them for Christmas gifts, send them to your friends, whatever you want, that's 25% off plus free shipping, which is huge. So make sure you head on over to nourishplanner.com to grab yours. Okay, now let's get right to the show. I'm gonna be honest, this topic is so fascinating to me. I mean, next to the mindset and the power of the mind, which I really believe this is a critical factor in that, is seasonality. And I'm not just talking about buying seasonal produce because that really is important. And in fact, shameless plug inside the Nurse Planner, every month we give you what's in season that month. Here's the thing about seasonality is that if we can understand the power of this and we start to change our daily rhythms, our routines based on the seasons, we can experience such great benefit. Because each season brings with it different types of activities that our body is capable of and different hormonal flow. Now, again, I know this sounds out there and crazy, but there is a lot of research coming out about how our body changes with the seasons, and this is especially important as it relates to circadian rhythm. So I'm just going to start with circadian rhythm, and then we're going to kind of break down how our body thrives in the different seasons. And what this means for our metabolism and energy and so much more. And then I'm gonna give you five ways that you can start to incorporate seasonality into your everyday life. Because here's the thing about seasonality. It doesn't mean a complete 180 of your already established life. It just means slow changes in your rhythms. And I think once you start to understand the difference in the seasons and how powerful it is on our body, you already know those changes that can be made and you actually prefer them. These aren't going against your body. These are actually the things that your body prefers. So let's start with circadian rhythm because what they're finding is that circadian rhythm is greatly influenced by the seasons. And what we know about circadian rhythm is it also greatly influences the bodily processes that we have going on. I mean, outside of the heart, which kind of functions independently of circadian rhythm, although some believe that it's still in the sync of that, what we know about circadian rhythm is that every single cell in our body has its own biological clock. Meaning, every single cell in our body is working based on a circadian rhythm. And what that simply means is that in the 24 hour span, and based on where your cells are in that circadian rhythm, it's going to release different neurotransmitters, different hormones, different, different receptors, and other things. So basically, every cell is functioning a little bit different based on daytime, awake time versus nighttime. And this is really a powerful thing once we establish this because. What we know is that during the day, our body is more in survival mode. It's more in that sympathetic nervous system response, which is our fight or flight, right? We're up, we're exerting energy, and our body's kind of trying to preserve itself and maintain itself and keep you alive, essentially. And then when we move into the rest and digest phase or the nighttime hours of our circadian rhythm, what we find is that that's where so much healing and restoration and rejuvenation in our immune system kicks in to really help your body to heal from the daily activities and really become your best self. And so as you can see that in the different cycles of the day, you can start to understand that, yes, your body is going to signal different hormones based on different hours of the day. And this all relates to the circadian rhythm. Now, what's interesting as we pull the circadian rhythm into seasonality, what we know is that our circadian rhythm is first influenced by the light cycles outside, right? And that's where we see the influence of the circadian rhythm and seasonality. Now, there is some truth to the thought that circadian rhythm isn't just influenced by light alone, but by other genetic factors that are going on. But here's the thing, seasonality can also change our gene expression. So not only is seasonality and these light and dark cycles and the change in weather patterns from cold to hot, even if you don't live in places that is extreme, like the Midwest, everyone experiences some seasonality to a degree and your body will be influenced by that. I know that was a question that I was getting, but what if What if I, you know, live somewhere down south and we just don't have the change in weather patterns? You do. They're just not as drastic, maybe, as our 100-degree swings here in the state of Iowa, right, where it can be 100 degrees in the summer and humid, very hot and moist, and in the winter be dry and freezing cold, right, like negative 10 degrees. So other places are going to see more drastic climate changes and therefore need to go to more drastic measures to... To help your body adapt to these changes, whereas down south and places where you live where the seasonality doesn't quite change as much, you can get more into a steady rhythm with just minor changes. But here's the thing. We are all impacted by the seasons, and this has been studied, that everyone in every part of the world is impacted by the seasons in some way or another. And again, partly due to the light changes, but also due to our genetic expression, So when we go back to the circadian rhythm, knowing every single cell has a circadian rhythm, and this is greatly varied by the light. So as you know, right, in the summer, light is more prevalent, right? The days are much longer than they are in the winter, which means in the summer, Generally speaking, people will have a shorter sleep cycle, and this is natural, right? The light is keeping them up from releasing melatonin, which helps them to relax and settle into a deep sleep pattern. On the other hand, in winter, when it gets light so early, what they're finding is that people extend their sleep cycles. Like We go more into a hibernation pattern where we need more rest and sleep, and therefore, our body will crave that. So there's one change in seasonality, but when we get into genetic expression, what they're also finding and how that relates to our circadian rhythm and how our hormones are released and all these other neurotransmitters is that our exposure to cold and heat also changes how our genes are expressed, which we know, right? Like, in the wintertime, when you heal, feel that chill hit your body, right, you'll start sending out signals to have goosebumps, to shiver, and to warm yourself up. Those are all means for your body to protect itself, to survive. So all of these genetic expressions have to do with survival. Even though, yes, we have winter coats and blankets and more than likely most of us are not going to die of hypothermia, the reality is, is that our body will do anything to maintain homeostasis. And that that means maintaining the average in your body, right? The normal in your body. That even goes for temperature. Same thing goes in the summer. When it's so hot outside, you can start sweating to cool yourself down. And what this is doing is it's changing your gene expression. So you're adapting to the temperature just like you're adapting to the light cycles. But that means... This is the critical point. Whatever you're doing, consistency and doing it over and over, day in and day out, is actually a huge detriment to your body for more than one reason, right? But the main reason is is that it goes completely against the cycles of the body. Now, I talk a lot about cycles and diet cycling and menstrual cycling, But here's the thing, seasonality cycling is the same thing. Like once you get into these cycles and you start to see these patterns, you can really start to listen to your body more. So there is true value in cycling with the seasons. And it doesn't have to be big grand things, but it really can change your body from going to the space of working against it to working with it. So let me give you a few examples of how this works. So come January 1st, Or even now, people want to be healthy before the holidays. Come January 1st, everyone wants to be healthy. And so what we know or what we believe to be true is that healthy foods often look like salads and smoothies and um, cold foods, cold, crisp, light foods, which is true. There's a lot of health value to those. But eating cold, crisp, light foods in the winter when your body is already cold and dry actually puts a stress on the body. So not only is your body working to do all these functions to warm itself up and to keep it moist, but now all the food that you're eating is really working against what it needs most. And what it needs most in the winter is warmth and moisture and density. So rather than eating cold, crisp foods, what happens when we do that is that we're left unsatisfied. Our hunger cravings actually go through the roof. So if you're eating a lot of these things, what will happen in the winter is the the main signals that your body will signal for in the winter is salty, sweet, and sour. And the reason it does these is like salty foods, right? For instance, in the winter when our bodies are dry, salt actually helps the body to be hydrated. So your body will crave saltiness as a means to hydrate or moisturize the body. Not only that, but salt helps to transfer other minerals to the deep places of our cells. So salt is really important. And one of the reasons you crave that so much more in the winter time is because your body is already dry and it's craving more moisture. Then why do we crave sugar, right? is because our body needs energy in the winter. It needs energy to do all these processes of healing and restoration. And really that time for the winter is for our body to heal itself. And in order to do that, you need nutrients. And if you're not providing enough nutrients and all these light, dry, cold foods, your body's going to start craving sugar because often sugar is related to energy, but even more than that, warm, warm, comforting foods. So your body signals all these cravings at different times throughout the year. Why most people struggle with cravings more in the wintertime, especially around the holidays, is because your body actually needs that. The opposite goes in the summer. When it's so hot outside, the worst thing that you could probably eat is soup. I mean, it doesn't even sound appetizing. And it's harder to force yourself to eat soup when it's hot outside than it is to eat salad when it's cold outside. But soup and these warm, heavy Foods in the summertime really are a drag. They can make you not feel good and not process them as well. And that's because your body's trying to cool itself down. It wants the cool, dry, crisp foods because that's what your body needs. So when we look at seasonality and how our temperature and our environment is and how our body actually naturally is in those different seasons, we wanna provide the opposite for that. And that's just to help the body out. Again, I think so often dieting has become, how can we force our body into submission? But really what we need to know is that once we start working with our body and providing what it needs, it actually wants to be healthier more than we could ever imagine. And so energy and weight loss and healthy metabolism All come with that. So that's just a little example. The same thing goes with lifestyle practices. So this just isn't limited to our diet, but our lifestyle practices are the same way. Like, what happens when it gets cold outside and dark and it's damp? What do you want to do, right? You want to curl up on a couch with a good book and you want to stay warm and you kind of want to go under the covers and sit in front of a fire. Like, you do all these things and everything to warm your body up sounds really, really awesome. On the other hand, in the summertime, what do you do to cool down? You want to go to the pool, right? You want to stand in front of a fan. You want to dry yourself out and cool yourself down. So we crave the seasonality, but we have to allow ourselves to do that. And I think that's one of the biggest factors against us today is believing that we have to do the same thing day in and day out and really working against the seasonality of our body. Because eating a bunch of cold food in the winter is going to do nothing for your body except make it stressed and crave all the things. The same thing goes in the winter, right? Like if you're trying to work late at night, like your body is more prone to stress in the wintertime than in the summertime when we can handle more stress. Again, we can see all this stuff. Like this isn't rocket science, right? Once you start to recognize that there is seasonality to life and patterns in it, then you can start to see, oh yeah, now I can see how I can easily incorporate those foods into my regimen now based on trying to eat salads every day for lunch. Or maybe this is the season to quit my smoothie because it's cooling my body down when my body really needs some kind of warmth. So one of the things that's really awesome about this is that in nature, we see foods in season based on what our body actually needs. So in the summertime, we see a lot of these cool, crisp fruits and vegetables like cucumbers and watermelon and tomatoes and peppers and all this stuff, right? But as we move into fall and winter, we see winter squash and apples and pears and um, citrus fruits, which sound cooling, but they're actually the opposite. We also tend to crave more spices in the winter, like cinnamon and nutmeg and spices that really these dense spices that bring to life where in the summer we crave more of the fresh herbs. Now again, I'm not saying you can't not eat any of those foods all year long, but what I am saying is that we need to be really concerned, or maybe not concerned, really aware that what we're providing during different seasons is going to affect our energy. It's going to affect our mood and it's going to affect our cravings, which also equates to affecting our metabolism and your weight. And all that other stuff. So the big picture is this, is that eat what's in season because it's good for your circadian rhythm and your genetic makeup and how you're firing things, and it takes the stress load off your body. But even more than that is live based on the season. Like when it's cold, keep yourself warm, bundle up. When it's hot, cool yourself down, Uh, dress in layers, and practice cooling practices. Also know when your body can handle stress and when it can, not and it's time to slow things down, which all of this, like if you get into the rhythm of all this, it really fits really nicely with metabolic compensation, which is not something that I've talked a ton about on here. I've done a few classes on metabolic compensation, and I think it's a really fascinating thing. So basically what metabolic compensation means is that your body will adjust to whatever you do over time. So say you're on a diet plan and you do it repetitively for three months, right? Over the course of those three months, what your body is doing is it's compensating for whatever you're doing. So if you're doing calorie restriction, it might work right away, right? Initially, you're going to lose a lot of weight really quickly because your body hasn't compensated for that yet. It's something new. But by the time three months rolls around, your body's compensated for that number of calories and it's reduced the amount of energy expenditure based on that. Therefore, your body has compensated at that, meaning it becomes impossible, or maybe impossible is not the right word. It becomes really difficult for your body to see change because it's compensated. And that's what your body does as survival. It constantly compensates for whatever you do over time. Now, I think that there's something really powerful about consistency and creating routines, but I think there's also something really powerful about transitioning or making small changes to your routines based on these different seasons to prevent metabolic compensation. Because if you want to see results, if you want to see energy loss, right? If you want to keep your metabolism running high, you don't want your your body to compensate. You kind of want to push it, which sounds like the opposite of stressing it out, but this is actually good and the natural way the body was designed. So think about our ancestors, right? Back in the day before grocery stores had everything that you could imagine, I've been like reading Laura Ingalls to my kids and it's so fascinating to see even how they ate. And there's one of her books in the series called The Long Winter. It's kind of a side note, but in The Long Winter. They almost starved to death because they ran out of food. There was too much snow. And they weren't able to hunt, right? So they they really didn't have a lot. But here's the thing is that their body compensated for that, which was good. But as soon as spring and summer hit, right, they overfed themselves. Like they changed it and they didn't gain weight and they didn't get disease, right? Their body actually thrived based on that. So I know that metabolic compensation sounds like something we want to avoid because we want to get into a really efficient body, but we don't want it to be too efficient that it slows things down. So constantly changing, not constantly, changing with the changing of seasons is a good way to cycle your diet and your life to prevent metabolic compensation. But doing the same thing too long and too often really, really, really will make it extremely hard for your body to lose weight and even push it more into survival mode. So you might find that you actually start to gain weight. So that's, again, where seasonality can come in. It's not only gonna help with your circadian rhythm, but your stress levels, it's gonna help how your hormones flow So one of the things that I found in my own life, especially in the winter months, is that I continue to push myself hard, right? I remember even having smoothies and a lot of cold foods in the wintertime for a long time and really just feeling lack of energy. Not only that, but I found myself getting sick more often. And here's the reason why, is that when your body is already cold and then you consume a bunch of cold food and a cold water, your body has to heat all that up. It has to work. So it's gonna put its energy into digesting things and trying to decrease the stress load that you're, you're putting on your body, which then creates a deprivation in nutrients. So you're not as nourished as you could be. And it prevents your energy from being in your immune system and restoring other things. So it really does change how your body functions. Now, on the other hand, when you eat comfort foods in the winter because that's what you're craving, your body, that becomes something that helps your body out. That's a way to nourish your body. Even in the winter, people tend to crave more food. Providing that food is a great way to nourish your body. Of course, you don't want to overfeed too much and you do want to stay active, but doing it in the right way that works for your body. So in a podcast on Friday, I'm going to explain exactly how you can do this for the fall and winter months. Um, and I think that will lay it out more clearly. But in this podcast, I really just want you to get on board with the fact that our body should change seasonally. And that is just so awesome because you will notice that instead of fighting your body, it'll actually start to do things that you've wanted it to do, to do all along without all the added work. So that's what we're going for. And I believe that you can see great change based on this. So, Again, preventing metabolic compensation, eating seasonally and changing your life based on the seasons is one great way to do that. Not only that, like I mentioned, but this is gonna help boost metabolism. It's gonna boost your mood and it's gonna change how you function and view the world and your life. And the reason I say this is because once we start fighting with our body, it becomes a really devastating place to live, right? It becomes where we put and invest all of our life Into this health program and it doesn't work. There's nothing more frustrating. But when we start getting into these seasonal and cyclical patterns of eating and living, what we're finding is that it becomes easy. Like it's just the easy way to live because that's what your body needs. And it's always better to work with your body than against your body. See, the whole thing about health that I hope that you can get. It's to stop living for your body and start working for it. Like Health was never meant to be something we were designed to live for. It was to be used as a means for living for something more. So we have to use our health to live, not to live for health. And I think that this helps you get into that place of not fighting it, right? Like in the winter months, stop worrying so much about calories and carbohydrate grams and really to worry about the temperature of your food and what kinds of foods you're eating. And what types of exercise you're doing and when you're doing them and how much rest you're getting your body. Because in the winter, when the light goes down earlier, your body does need more rest. So are you resting more? Are you waking up to eat, work out? Are you getting yourself into a routine and rhythm? So all that can help. And like I said, it can change your mood and your hormones because it's those things are released based on your circadian rhythm. And anytime we fight our circadian rhythm but by not providing what it needs seasonally, we aren't gonna release the same amount of neurotransmitters and hormones that we call it. That's why like- those things like SAD, seasonal affective disorder, is that maybe we're pushing our body too far in the direction that it doesn't want. So what some of the research is indicating that living more seasonally in the wintertime, that means eating more comfort foods, more root vegetables, more spices and herbs, having a better routine, having more rest and relaxation put into your life can help change seasonal affective disorder preventing it simply because you're nourishing your body, but you're also not pushing it to extremes and working outside your circadian clock. So that's one reason. The other thing that's interesting about doing this is that your immune system is going to change based on the seasons. In the summer, we don't, our immune system isn't quite as high. It's not firing as much. There's not as many viruses and bacteria. And we see that, right? Like people aren't generally as sick, but in the winter months, we see our immune system go up. As it gets colder, our immune system increases and the activity inside our body increases. Now, what we know too, is that our immune system is also going to increase at night. So during our sleep cycles, that's when our immune system is running at the highest. That's also why people tend and kids tend to spike fevers or get sick at night is simply because that's when your activation of the immune system is running at its peak. Now, during the day, it drops off a little bit because it doesn't want to put its energy there Of course, it needs to be put into other things. But at night, during that rest rejuvenation period, we'll see our our immune system take off. But again, seasonality is if we go against that, what they're finding is people get more phlegmy, their body's more cold, which lowers their activation of their immune system, and their body's really working to try and survive, not thrive. And when we see a thriving body, we see a healthy immune system, which can help beat down viruses and bacteria and other colds and illnesses that we might get. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot of value to living seasonally and not to mention, it makes you feel so good and it's not that difficult. So I hope you've convinced you to eat seasonally, to live seasonally. And I'm going to give you five ways to get started on this today, to get started thinking about it. And like I said, in episode 113, which will release on Friday, I'm going to show you exactly how to do this for the fall and winter months a whole download on what foods you should focus on and what lifestyle practices that your body is gonna crave during that time. But before we get there, here's five practices in order to help you get started. So whatever season you're in, think, eat the opposite, live the opposite, right? So in the fall and winter months when it's cold and it's dry and it gets dark earlier, what you need to focus on is moist, oily, warm foods and drinks, So rather than having the salads and the smoothies, maybe you switch over to having a hash for breakfast and you switch over to warm like golden milk lattes and you eat soups for lunch, like heartier root vegetables, warming, grounding things. The same goes for lifestyle practices. You want to have a lot of grounding happening. So what that means is a time to work out. Yes, movement is extremely important, but more rhythmatically. So in the fall and winter months, it's better to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier, and maybe sneak your workout in first thing in the morning, than it is to stay up later and work out later. Again, that's just based on the flow. Technically, 10 o'clock. Um, PM for nearly everyone is the best time in the fall and winter months for you to go to sleep or to start resting, which seems really early to some people. This seems normal to me, especially when it's dark at like five, sometimes four, right? In those deep winter months. Um, but resting And then when you're active and you're working all day and providing the right energy, you also want to make sure in the winter months when your body is trying to stay warm is that you keep yourself warm. You bundle yourself up. You wear layers. You take hot baths at night. Maybe you sit in sauna sessions and um, you do warming practices. The same thing goes for exercise. It's not overexerting yourself, because in the winter, we often think of rejuvenation, of resting, of hibernation. So not going all out, but using this time as a time of slow, steady movement. So focusing on strength and doing the motion slowly and and doing that, we often see that people see greater results. The same thing goes if you're running, maybe instead of going at 90%, you just bring it down to 50%, right? Like you just slow it down a little bit, but it doesn't mean not do it. And again, that's going to go with your flow. Anytime you get outside of this, right? Like if you're going to do intense training or you're trying to lose a whole bunch of weight in the winter, you're really working against what your body is trying to do. And that's protect itself. So once you get yourself out of this, it can create kind of chaos inside your body, can decrease your neurotransmitters, throw off your hormones. So it can make you moody and upset and anxious. And it can... um, upset your digestive system. In the wintertime, it's hard to digest raw foods, raw, cold foods. Your body is going to, if you're going to consume a lot of those, of course, it's going to upset your GI system and cause bloating. So sticking with more of the warmed, cooked, mushy, oily foods is going to help. And what I mean by oily, of course, is like real butter, ghee, olive oil, avocado oil, even sesame oil is supposed to be a really great grounding oil for the winter. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is that once we start working with our body, we can see great change. And then in the summer, of course, we can handle more intense activity. Our body is ramped up. It's been rested and rejuvenated. And so we can handle a lot more stress in the summertime and our circadian clock is shorter. Um, Therefore, we have more energy to exert during the daytime hours. But coming up this winter, I will express that your body needs that energy to Heal and restore. And it can be a really, really, really great time. I know we think of the dark winter days as hard and long and sad. Um, but they can be really impactful and really healing and restorative and bring you a lot of life, but we have to do this well. So, you know, if your body's off, right, you know, if your body's off the seasons based on how you feel, if you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling anxious and trust me, I've had so many anxious days and that's why I'm taking this seriously is cooling my, or is, um, starting to prepare my body for winter and adding more of these things in. Um, and you know, if your body is bloated and you just feel more tired and you can't, you know, you're just kind of off altogether. Once you start incorporating more of these cyclical patterns, you will see more ease. So do this with me. But that's number one. So eat opposite of the season. Number two is establish a routine. So I know that routines across the board are extremely important and something that we should all be focusing on. And it's not, again, that you have to completely flip your routine upside down. It's just looking at the routine you have established and starting to implement more of these practices based on the season. So for me, I know it means, you know, putting my work away a little bit earlier at night and doing more reading so I can get in bed by 9.30 or 10.00 means waking up and getting my workout done first thing in the morning and taking hot baths and hot showers and wearing layers and eating more hashes and soups and comfort foods. And it also means being willing to slow down a little bit, slow down my workouts and really just focus on filling myself back up. So establishing a routine, again, it's making tweaks Inside your already established routine. This by no means is supposed to flip things on its head, but just help you start to see little areas in your life that can have a big impact. Number three is to listen to your body. So observe your cravings, observe your your mood and your sexual drive and every biofeedback marker you have going on, your thirst, right? In the winter months, when it's dry out and if your body's too dry, you're gonna be thirsty all the time. So starting to see ways that you can quench that thirst and provide more moisture for your body. Um, the same thing goes with cravings. Like if you have any intense sugar cravings, Ask yourself why. Maybe you're not eating enough carbs. Maybe you're not eating enough altogether. Maybe you're having too many cold foods and your body needs something warm. So listen to your body, observe those things. Don't look at them as negative, but helpful. Our cravings, our biofeedback markers, can be our greatest asset in our body because those are the signals and that's how we learn what our body needs and what's best for it. When I say that we're all unique, we are all unique. And there's not two, any two bodies that are exactly like, and that's what makes health so difficult but so awesome at the same time because it's not a box approach. It's not a system. It's a really you listening to those biofeedback markers and living based on them. Number four is to be flexible. Again, I know we get stuck into thinking that there's only one way and I have to be Whole30, I have to be Paleo, I have to be Keto. All those can be great and valuable and beneficial and great foundations. None of them will work long term. And I say that because every season changes. We're constantly in different seasons of life, of different seasons in our environment, different seasons in our cycle. And so we have to learn to be flexible, to use those things as foundations, but not the end all be all. Having your life revolve around these things is never how we are intended. And eventually in time, it will fail you. And so rather than going down that stream of disappointment, why not use what you already know has worked well and start to change it based on the season, start to change it based on what your body is telling you and start to work on something that's unique to you. So being flexible, being willing to change with the season, even though you have like a good rhythm going, it's just small changes. And as these transition months happen, that's great times to just slowly start adding them in, right? So like maybe in September, raw apples are great. And even into October, but as soon as it starts getting cold, maybe you start to heat up those apples. You have baked apples, you add some spices to them. So it's just like little changes into your daily diet and even into your life. Maybe in September, those are your best hard running months, but as the winter gets, or as the temperatures get colder, maybe your muscles tighten up a little bit and you go to run walking. You know, just changing these things into your life and that means you have to be flexible. And then tip number five is let it entice you. Let this excite you. Because there's one thing that I know to be true is that when we get bored, when things get stagnant and we don't see change, we're more than likely bound to hop on a junk food train, hop on a junk food soul train, right? Like hop on all these things that aren't great for us because that's what's easy. That's what's enticing. That's what the world tells us is going to make us happy. But what we know is going to make us happy is living true to who we are and what we believe and And that means living true to our bodies and our bodies are always going to change seasonally no matter where you live. This is happening. So I want you to be aware of all this this week as we go throughout this. Come back next episode for the 113th episode where I'm going to break this down more specific to winter and give you a guide on how exactly you can do this. But really... That is my hope. I think there's huge power in seasonality. It has captured my mind the last few months, especially as we talk about mental health and seeing the change in mental health as we change throughout the seasons. I mean, everything is seasonal, right? Like, our environment is seasonal. The trees drop their leaves to get ready for winter. The animals go into hibernation. We are the only species on the face of the earth who doesn't tend to do things cyclically like everything else. But there is true power in that. And that's how we used to live. Now that we have luxuries that we don't have to, it's actually been a huge detriment. We see a lot more disease processes. And some people think it's just because we're living so outside of our norm, so outside of our circadian rhythm, which are linking back to inflammation and immune systems going awry, and disease, right, all over the place, is that once we start syncing with our circadian rhythm and our genetic expression, we can really see powerful change. So that's my hope, is that you are enticed, that you are excited to try this, this winter, to kind of let go of everything else that you've done, to know what's worked well and use that as a foundation, but to really open up your mind to be able to build on this. So like I said, episode 113, I'm gonna get into specifics about this to really help you out there. But outside of that, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. This is surely not the last time that I'm going to talk about this. I know I'm going to talk more about metabolic compensation in an upcoming show because I think that relates so well to this. And once we can start to get our mind around how our body craves change and how it can actually help our body, um, you can see this more clearly. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simplers Radio. I so appreciate it. If you like this episode, make sure you share it with your friends, get them on board. As we're going into the fall and winter months, I can't wait to share with you practical everyday steps that you can take coming out this Friday to help you take those steps. As always, if you want all the information and be the first to hear the episode, make sure you go to iTunes, subscribe to my show. You can find it at SimperitsRadio.com. And while, they're, while you're there, if you've loved the show, I would love a rating and review. This is actually what makes... The podcast go around and it helps other people who wouldn't otherwise find it to find it and use it, and really benefit from it because that's what we're after. So to find me on iTunes or to leave a rating and review, you can find me at Simple Roots Radio or go to SimpleRootsWellness backslash review. Also, while you're on Simple Roots Wellness, make sure you sign up for my newsletter where I share. More of my everyday life. I give you more tips and tricks, and you can get all the free downloads that I'm talking about. So you're sure to never miss it. I am changing the format out of that. I know emails are overwhelming and people are getting way too many. So I'm going to a once a week email that will come out on Sundays and it will have lots of pictures and less words. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I thank you so much for tuning in, for being here, and being loyal, and for sticking around. I Thank you so much. And I hope and I pray that every single episode benefits you in some way and helps open your eyes to what realistic health could be. So thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always email me at alexa at com to give me more ideas guests that you'd like to see on the show, and anything that you have questions about or wanna learn more about, send that over because I love to interact with you. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alexis Sherm or Facebook at Semper Ritz Wellness. Okay, that's it for seasonality. Don't forget to head to teamyblends.com, use the code Semper Ritz for 15% off, and then grab your Nourish Planner before the best sale of the year ends coming this Sunday. So not long. Okay, that's it for now. I will be back here Friday with more information, but in the meantime, Let this start to sink in, take those five practices and start to work them through in your life and see if you notice already changes that are happening. Okay, I can't wait to hear from you. I'll be back on Friday. Have a great rest of the week.